Letting go of something is like taking an object you love but is now crowding your space off your mantelpiece. For a while, the empty place where it once stood will irk you, make you stop in your path as you make your way by it. But after a while, things will change and one of two things will occur. You will either learn to love this space or you'll find yourself filling it in with something new. Moving on is always hard. Humans hate letting go. In December, as we head into the new year, letting go is on the front of everyone's minds. Letting go of a whole year, letting go of bad habits, and becoming the superhumans we all say we will become this year. We all make these plans only to wake up on January 1st feeling no different than the day before. We know we must let go, but we forget how it feels to let go. In a world where instant gratification is the norm, we expect change to come overnight when in truth, is a gradual and slow process. Letting go is essential. Essential for our growth and overall well-being. It is one of the most feared periods of our lives. Not that we fear the prospect of something new. Rather, we fear the uncertainty that comes along with it. We second-guess ourselves, think of all the things that might go wrong. We ask, what will I do without them in my life? And what if I fail and go back to that habit? We hate that doubt hate that sinking feeling in our stomach when we feel that things are no longer in our control, and that makes us take a step back and relapse, because we did not see the outcome that we wanted. What we didn't know was that if we had stuck around a little longer, we would have witnessed the fruits of our labor in full bloom. Not everyone is meant for everyone, and like any bad habit, some people are meant for us to quit. Some people you'll learn to avoid right off the bat, and never have to go through the symptoms of withdrawal with. But on the other hand, there are people who you need to let go after an eternity spent with them. They may have once been good for you, or maybe never at all, but the bottom line is that right now they are harmful for you. We all have or have had those people in our lives, as friends, family, or significant others. But how does one let go of such a deep-rooted relationship with someone? How do you break it to your best friend since kindergarten that you two are no longer the dream team you had set out to be, especially when they have not hurt you? but it's just simply a matter of lives diverging, a change in perspective and interest that makes their company burdensome to you. The uncertainty that lingers with these questions is what may cause someone to hold on to such a person. That, of course, coupled with the false safety net they have created out of them. That, in itself, creates a recipe for disaster. You start to second-guess your emotions, wonder if you overthink all of this and that it's all your fault, and maybe you're the bad one into this, in this relationship. You may decide to ignore it, but each relationship comes with its own sort of baggage, one that you will gladly bear if the relationship is one where you are nurtured and encouraged to grow and where you feel comfortable and safe. But it's also a baggage that will crush you if the relationship is just no longer for you. That weight causes you to feel dread instead of excitement when you see their name pop up on your screen or when they ask you to hang out. We hold on to them in the so-called name of comfort. Fearing what they will see of us if we were frank with our emotions about them, and how we will fill the space once they are gone. While we forget to realize that it's only by letting go that we make room for other things in our lives, 
things that are meant for us at that point in our life. However, this weight causes us to miss these opportunities completely, or maybe leave no room for them even if they do come by. Just like the object on the mantelpiece, we need to remove it to make space. And just like the mantelpiece, it will take a while for us to get used to it. And it may be hard to replace the object right away. And that is okay. The process of letting go includes time to heal. We cannot delude ourselves into thinking that the instant we let go of someone or something, we will all be well. They held a significant role in our lives and now they are gone. And like any major surgery, we need, to, we need time to get better. The reason we overlook this very important period is because, yet again, we live in a world where instant gratification is what we're used to. If we do not get it now, is it even worth it? All of this is because when we let go of a person, we're not just letting go of a physical presence. We are letting go of a whole list of emotions. And that, for me, is the harder part of all. You can distance yourself from them, cut them off, or move to an entirely different city if you wanted to. But the emotions are always there. And they will stay with you if you let them fester and continue to hurt you. Even though you have left that relationship with that person or that habit, you still carry around baggage. This is where many people will give up. I myself have many times reached this step, then fell right back into relationship or habit because I hung on to emotions for too long. What happens when we cling on to emotions for too long is that we begin to romanticize them. We dwell on the what-ifs. What if we had stayed friends? And what if they had changed? Those may have been possibilities at one point, but you have made a choice that was suitable for you at that time. Now is not the time to second-guess it. Rather, it's time to take it and run with it. Own that decision it is and will always be yours. You may say, well, all this we all know, but how do we deal with these emotions that we may still carry? And to that, I will give you the most unsatisfying answer. I don't know. I'm also still figuring it out. As someone who has had a fair share of turbulent relationships with people, I would have wished to have a definite answer, a formula of some sort that would allow me to navigate these situations. But I do not, and I will never have one. Each person fits differently in our lives, a unique puzzle piece, so there is no blanket method that will be able to deal with every space caused by them when they leave. It is a matter of us adapting, all the pieces around that empty space shifting to make a spot fit for something new. That means looking into the future with hope and learning to look back at the time we spent with those people and realize the good that may have come out of any of it. Because as long as someone has not hurt us, they usually bring into our life something of value, whether that be a newfound spirituality, a comforting understanding of the world, or just a new intriguing hobby. And if they have hurt us, we will hopefully look into the experience and use it as a method for our own growth. Time and effort of our own will heal us. Let go of any contempt, for that only rots in your heart and only brings you more harm than good. That is not to be confused with forgiveness, as, however. Forgiveness is to be earned. Pushing yourself to forgive someone out of common courtesy and insincerely is useless. If anything, it destroys rather than builds anything in your heart. I came into high school with a promise of new friendships and a wider social circle. But I soon found out that not everyone wanted to let go of the middle school notion that if you hang out with us, you cannot hang out with everyone else. I desperately wanted to keep friends I had made early on in the year, but couldn't help but feel shunned by them for being involved with too many circles. I knew that I would eventually have to give up that type of friendship if I wanted to keep expanding my social circle and being the extrovert that I am. But the ease of the habit made it hard to leave, 
in my head, they were in some way my social safety net, people to always go back to. I tried to maintain the friendship for two years, a futile struggle, I must say, for I was, but I was simply met with distance and cold shoulders. It wasn't until this year that I finally learned to let go, a withdrawal that was not easy, but now has proven to be of much good for me. Now I only maintain relationships with friends who appreciate me for who I am and understand that people are not stagnant, rather that we are always changing and maturing. You cannot expect someone to go through a transitional period such as high school and have them come out the same person they came in. If anything, letting go to me has become a frenemy, that one person in my life that never sugarcoats things and that sometimes gets on my nerves because they are always right. You learn to make a place for letting go in your life. Some people work their way up to that by practicing letting go other things other than people. They will slowly learn to let go of clutter and emotions working their way up. One could even look at this process through the lens of the Mary Kondo method. Discard what no longer brings you joy, but first thank it for any joy it had brought you before. That, in my opinion, is how it should always be with people. To master this is to master this art, the art of letting go. You are listening to I Love You by Norwegian composer Edward Grieg. As we near the end of our program, we will take a quick dive into this episode's nighttime read, An Arrestia, which was translated and put together by Anne Carson. It brings together three harrowing literary works by Aeschylus, Sophocles, and Euripides. It's a collection of three plays depicting the twisted tale of the tragic house of Atreus. What amazed me most about this book was the fluidity of Carson's translation. There was never a moment throughout all three plays where I felt like I was missing something or that something just didn't fit. I also loved how the three different plays by three different playwrights came together to beautifully tell one story from different perspectives. I'd recommend this book even if you are not used to reading plays or don't like reading plays usually because of how easy and quick it is. The plays are not long and the dialogue is, straight, dialogue is straightforward. I read it earlier this year and until now it still has a place on my top reads of 2019. Starting next episode will be including a segment called Nighttime Thoughts, where you, our listeners, get to share with us what keeps you up at night. Email them to us in the email found in the description. That is all we have today on Nightwaves. 
Join us again next episode for another late night discussion. I'm Samat Salama, and good night.